0: Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammons, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right, you have your Bibles. We're gonna be going, as I said, to the book of first Timothy in just a moment but let us let, let me set us up as we're talking tonight about the doctrine uh, specifically uh, I, I want to tell you a little bit about the city of Ephesus and it'll figure in to first Timothy in just a moment uh, Ephesus during Bible times was a very very important city uh, you know about 250,000 people live there perhaps that's kind of a large city you know and and uh, we find it referenced in the Bible all the way from Acts to the book of Revelation I mean over and over and over and uh, you know the Apostle Paul went through there quite a lot and, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 19 that God did special miracles by the hands of the Apostle Paul there in Ephesus I mean not just ordinary miracles you know I, I'm okay with an ordinary miracle aren't you but I mean, i'd I'd, I'd be okay if god just did ordinary miracles but god did some special miracles some miracles that had not yet been seen through the apostle paul there in ephesus well one of the reasons why god did such a tremendous work in ephesus during that season was because ephesus was one of the most demonically influenced cities in the whole world They had had already, by the time the Apostle Paul got there, they had had 750 years of the city primarily worshiping a pagan god. Uh, And and this, you know, there, there was a temple built there. And people, in fact, if you read in Acts chapter 19, you'll find out that there were itinerant Jewish exorcists groups of them that went around the country out from ephesus they would come to ephesus and learn how to do this and then they would go out from ephesus all over you know uh, europe and all over asia uh, 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 Asia Minor and there they would uh, uh, you know, perform exorcisms and incantations and take potions around and there were so many books and curious arts in that city that when the apostle Paul was preaching there and people began to get saved it so negatively impacted that, uh, that um, occult uh, merchandise of all, you know, that 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 the the silversmith sold, and all of the other curious arts is what the Bible says, and books of spells that had been handed down for you know seven centuries plus. So impacted the Apostle Paul's message that they ended up having a bonfire just the people that got saved, and there were over fifty thousand pieces of silvers worth of curious arts that were a part of the the, the cult and the pagan worship that they burned in one bonfire. Now, 50,000 pieces of silver equaled in that day 50,000 days of labor. Isn't that amazing? Well, we'll uh, uh, we'll continue uh, um, that message in Ephesus, okay, for those of you that are going. And uh, then I'll make sure I come back and finish it with the rest of you as well. But most people don't realize that this is where the Apostle John lived. We, when we think about the Apostle John, don't we think about him living in Jerusalem? sure we do we think about him living around the Galilee as a young man he was a fisherman with his brother James they were the sons of Zebedee and 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 they they they, you know Jesus called them and then they began to follow Jesus you know and then they went down to Jerusalem and Jesus was crucified after about three and a half years of John and James going with him as disciples and then the church in Jerusalem began and and uh, you know uh, James the brother of John was the first uh, disciple to be martyred and then John John, of course, uh, you know, having been given the responsibility for Jesus' mother, he took care of the mother of Jesus, took care of Mary as though she were his responsibility, uh, as, as, as though he were the oldest son. Jesus gave him that responsibility. And then John also went up to Samaria and prayed for people. But then we find John, about the time the church is, is, is going through its initial persecution after James had been beheaded, John subsequently moved to Ephesus. Isn't that interesting? And John lived about 60 years of his life, perhaps as many as 60 years of his life in Ephesus. In fact, the apostle John wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John from Ephesus. Most people don't even realize that that those you know John, the Gospel of John, written by you know a 90-year-old man sitting on a hill, overlooking. I'll 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 take you to that place, just overlooking the town of Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. Amazing. Well. Uh Tradition holds as well that Mary, the mother of Jesus, moved there with him. That's what all the locals believe, and that's what the tradition holds, and that's what uh, their historical records hold, that she lived out her life, died, and was buried there. In fact, you can visit in Ephesus the church of Mary. Uh, and, and uh, uh, Paul also lived in Ephesus. He lived there for three years. He had a Bible school. He taught in a Bible school and sent people out, young men, out all over the world. In fact, the Bible says that, that, that all of Asia heard the word of God from Ephesus. Isn't that amazing? There are also a lot of historical figures that lived in Ephesus or that passed through there. Alexander the Great passed through there, you know, and he made a big deal out of it. And, and uh, also Cleopatra, okay? Mark Anthony, you know. This is where they planned one of their rebellions is in the city of Ephesus. Uh, It it, it, it was was, was an amazing hub of commerce and culture and curiosity Uh, uh, and even though it was, you know, steeped in pagan idolatry and in curious arts and demonically influenced, Ephesus is the place where that, you know, that one man, uh, you know, whipped and stripped naked those seven people that were trying to cast the devil out of him in Jesus name you know and he stripped them naked and beat them up and made them run out of the house naked (laughs) Uh, interesting Uh, nonetheless so many of the uh, dynamic doctrines of the church can be found um, enunciated in Paul's letter to the Ephesians we're picking up a little bit this Wednesday evening where we left off last Wednesday evening. Last Wednesday evening we talked about couriers. Many of you may remember. A courier is someone who carries documents or, 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 some, or something from one place to another. Okay. Um, uh, something you know, that, that is carried. And in this case, we talked about the Apostle Paul in about the year AD 62, as I imagine, that the Apostle Paul sent two couriers from the jail, from the prison in rome and he sent them to carry three letters it could have taken them perhaps two months across land and sea Uh, about 1500 mile travel in that day and they were protecting these letters that the apostle paul wanted to send to people you know we can't imagine that they uh, realized what an impact those letters would have on the people that they carried them to, nor the impact they would continue to have on us today. Because those letters, those documents that Paul said, uh, these two men, would you carry these letters, one to, to the people at Colossae, one to a man named Philemon, and then also carry this letter to the church in Ephesus. And today we have these as the book of Colossians, the book of Philemon, and the book of Ephesians. And so Ephesus continued to figure very strongly as he chose this man named, uh, I listened to Alexander B. Scorby pronounce uh, Tychicus. I would say Titicus, but uh, anyway, let me just say it like he said it, Tychicus. Uh, (laughs) He sounds so pronounced when he talks about the word of god do you listen to these people read the bible i listen to the read the bible because i want to know how to pronounce the words but then if i listen to two different people they pronounce them two different ways i don't know how and anyway okay so the apostle paul chose him and in in he wrote to timothy later and told him that i have sent this man to ephesus you know i sent him to ephesus ephesus as i said figures in very heavily to what what God is doing during those days. In the first century, the whole first century of the church, Ephesus is a hub. Some years earlier, Paul, having been at Ephesus for almost three years, Paul was basically run out of Ephesus. And when he was run out of Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, you can read about it. Um, the Bible says that he left Timothy behind in Ephesus and gave him a very specific job to do he said Timothy there's something that, that needs to be done and as we look throughout the book of 1st Timothy and 2nd Timothy we can see that the apostle Paul chose the right man for the job because it was not an easy job But the job that the apostle Paul gave to Timothy was to protect the doctrine that Paul had preached, the gospel. Protect the doctrines of Christ. Let's read in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, boy, that's a mouthful right there. One sent by Jesus. uh, And by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ our hope you know you could preach a three-month message just on that one verse right there verse 2 to Timothy a true son in the faith grace mercy and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord If any of you are watching this, uh, you know, uh, young preachers out there, you need a good three-point sermon. There's a good three-point sermon, okay? Uh, Grace, mercy, and peace from God and from Jesus Christ. Verse 3, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy here, his young son in the faith. As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, when I went into Macedonia, I urged you to remain in Ephesus for a reason that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now what is the Apostle Paul alluding to here? He's alluding to the reality that some of the people, not all of them, but some of the people in the church in Ephesus were bent on skewing the doctrine a little bit. Taking the teachings of, of, of Jesus Christ in a little different direction than what the Apostle Paul had initially intended, than what Jesus had delivered to Paul. You know, Jesus gave Paul a revelation. Jesus taught Paul, you know, in the Arabian desert, and and, and as, as, as a man born out of time, and spent time with the Apostle Paul, teaching him the doctrine. And the Apostle Paul claims to be a, an, an apostle of Jesus. Now, uh, the word apostle, as I said, means one that is sent. It's not anything, woo, you know, there are like 18 different apostles mentioned in the word of God, but it means one sent. And Jesus is even uh, referred to as an apostle. He is, there, there, there's only one apostle of God. It is Jesus who was sent by God with a message, Okay. He was sent. And that's what it means, somebody that's sent. And then there were 12 apostles of the Lamb. Okay, All the disciples minus Judas plus Paul. Because Paul confirms himself here as an apostle of Jesus Christ. An apostle of the Lamb. Uh, but then there are many apostles of the holy spirit and there are apostles of the church people who are sent by the church as missionaries are sent by the church as ministers and people that are sent by the holy spirit to different places and set in different places and uh, but here the apostle paul is saying that i am an apostle i am one sent by jesus and he taught the church in Ephesus exactly what they needed to know because the church in Ephesus, very important to God, very important to the training of ministers, partly because there was a military training center there and people, young men, were brought from all over uh, that part of the world. Any, anything west, or excuse me, anything east, of the Aegean Sea young men were brought there to Ephesus and there they were trained in the military to be sent back out by the Roman Empire into that part of Eurasia and on as far as the Roman Empire would reach and they would go back to their home countries and back to their hometowns and 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 uh, having been sent to Ephesus though guess what The Apostle Paul had a Bible school there, and so many of them were being born again so that the Bible does end up telling us that the whole world and all of Asia heard the Word of God from Ephesus. Because here the Roman Empire, just like the United States military today, you know, as I've said before, wherever the United States military goes, two things go. Number one, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, Coca-Cola. And so, <laughs> and that's that's been true for so many years. But but anywhere the U.S. military goes, so goes the gospel of Jesus Christ. So goes the word of God. It has happened, in, in, and it happened in that day. God used the, the the Roman Empire and the roads that they built, and it, for such a time as this. And so, what we see here in ephesus is that the apostle paul had laid some foundational doctrines in the church in ephesus and it was very important to him that these doctrines did not uh, become you know weak or eroded or taken in a different direction and he knew that some people would be uh, introducing some other doctrines partly from the Jewish persuasion, which were that they were going to try to bring them back under some legal works-based salvation, but also there were some other things and influence of the occult and other things that would make the church go one of two directions. You know, we are called to stand up on a rock but uh standing on the rock uh, there there are are two directions that we have seen in history that the church moves away from the doctrines of christ both to the left and to the right and so here in verse 4 he he basically said you know I, i want you to remain in ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine nor give heed to fables And endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. Now, uh, stick with me here. I don't want to to lose you. But it's important to realize that Timothy was left in Ephesus by Paul for a very specific reason. And uh, the word doctrine, by the way, just means teachings, okay? The teachings of Christ, Paul understood that the world was already encroaching. He, he would write uh, uh, you know, uh, some contemporary letters to other churches and, and, and other people that would indicate that he knew that, that the world and false teachers were creeping into the church. He would even later write to Timothy that that, that people had forsaken him and gone different directions and had taken the doctrine in different directions. And some of them had even denied the resurrection or said that the resurrection was already happening. You know, things were coming in that the Apostle Paul, having spent time with Jesus, to lay the foundation of the church, the the word that we now have, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit given to us through this minister of the gospel and apostle designated by god to leave us the gentiles a word that we can trust in paul understood that the world was already encroaching upon the church and 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 that we needed to be on guard we needed to be ever vigilant to ensure that the ways of the world did not creep into the church and that's what he's saying that the ways of the world don't creep into the church's teachings and don't make the messages which are preached To become powerless do you know if we do not preach the word of god it's powerless if i preach to you something out of reader's digest or something that you know uh, on, on this side or on that side of the truth do you know it has no power to save that's why the apostle paul said i am not ashamed to stand up for the gospel of jesus christ because it is the power of god unto salvation to everyone that will believe without respect to where you are who you are where you came from whether you're jew whether you're gentile listen the word of god has power to save and this is what the apostle paul was doing his best to preserve um, that, that that the church's teachings would not become powerless but will remain powerful because God had done special things there in Ephesus to show his glory to manifest his power and to prove the doctrine that the apostle Paul had given later the apostle Paul would write to the churches in the region of Galatia we know this letter as the book of of Galatians he would write to them and he would say, listen, I am shocked. I came and preached to you in all the region of Galatia, which basically if you looked at a map and looked at Istanbul, it would be to the right and a little bit low of Istanbul. All the region of Galatian, uh, Galatia. And he said, I am, so, I, I am so shocked that you are so turned quickly, so quickly you've turned to fables. So quickly you, you, you have been pulled away from the gospel, from the truth, standing on the rock, you've been pulled away, uh, Galatians 1.8, you've been pulled away unto different gospel, unto a different doctrine, which is really not a different gospel, he said, because there's not another different gospel. There's not another gospel except the gospel I preach. There's not another good news. There's not another word. It's of no private interpretation. He said, in fact, if you read in Galatians 1, if somebody else tells you is, let them be accursed. In fact, if an angel comes and appears to you and says that there's a different gospel than the one that I have laid, than the foundation that I've laid by the Holy Spirit, let him be accursed. He said, in fact, even if I come back to you and preach to you a different word than I have already, preached let me be cursed boy he's pretty adamant here about preserving the doctrine of christ well what are the doctrines of christ i'm going to give you two main pillars upon which the church sits that the apostle paul spoke of and encouraged timothy to make sure continued in the church in ephesus why because he left him in ephesus and as we understand timothy uh you know uh, as as, as we traditionally uh, um, imagine and embrace that timothy was the first bishop of the church in ephesus he had great power and great authority there well the first doctrine that paul basically encouraged timothy to preserve is a doctrine of love isn't that interesting That when we move off of love, we're moving off of Christ. That's that's, that's interesting. If we go to the left or to the right, we move off of love, we move off of Christ. Now, uh, you know, 1 Timothy 1, we'll just pick up in the next verse. Okay, verse 5. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love. Now, the whole purpose of this thing is love. Well, if you, you know... That that should be a pretty powerful word right there. That should be a pretty reasonable word to understand that that, that all the commandments, Jesus said, are locked up in this, that you would love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself and you do those things. You've kept all the law and all the commandments and all the prophets and everything else is fulfilled in love. And when we move off of love, he said that now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Sincere trust in God that I am called by God to love out of a good conscience of pure heart from which some having strayed have turned aside to idle talk, empty talk, worthless talk, uh, talk that has no power, preaching that has no power. Come on now, this is good stuff. There's a whole lot of preaching has no power. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. They, they want to be teachers, but they have no idea what they're saying. They have no idea what they are declaring as truth. Why? Because they moved away from that doctrine, that foundational pillar of love, of caring, that, 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 that you know, that... that That caring about you, not because of who you are, not because of what you do or don't do, but caring about you because of what he did. That you are in my heart because of Christ. That I love you because of Christ. And we are called to be like God who so loved the world that he gave his only son. The purpose of the commandment is love, from a pure heart, from a good conscience, from sincere faith. Now, once the world creeps into the church, this is, this is easily seen when we look at it from this word perspective, from what the Apostle Paul was trying to achieve. And the and reason he left Timothy there in Ephesus was to guard the gate of the gospel. Ephesus was the capital city of the Roman province of Asia. And it was a gate into which the gospel would go back and forth constantly through Europe and around the world and, and all of Eurasia, and, and And once the world creeps into the church, we become either too worldly or else we become too religious. The world will take us both ways. The world will make us too religious or too worldly. The world will make us too much like the world or too much like that demon of religion. We become either Pharisees or Sadducees. So strict we won't let anybody into the kingdom or so loose we don't even believe in the afterlife and everybody gets to go, praise God. Either nobody goes or everybody goes. Either God hates you or God loves everybody <laughs> to the point to where he doesn't care. So lax that everyone is already saved or else so critical that nobody but me is saved and nobody but people like me is saved. That's what happens when the world creeps into the church and we start to move off of the doctrines of Christ. We move either this way or that way. We either move to the place where where no one but people just like me are in my church. We are the only ones that know. We are the only ones that have it. Us four and no more. Sorry, but you can't get in. You're not like me. You know. Uh, oh no, you're probably a sinner. You know. I mean, you know, everything from if you don't speak in tongues, to if you're not baptized, if you're not, if you're not, you know, you know, so religious that we're more like the devil than Jesus because we are exempting everyone from the love of Christ or are just certain people (laughs) okay or so worldly that absolutely the greasy grace we start preaching greasy grace and everybody gets in for nothing and you never have to change your life and you never have, you know, a confrontation. And, you know, there's a truth for you and there's a truth for everybody. Everybody's got their own truth. Oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, both of those are what the Apostle Paul was trying to keep out of the church. You know, both of these are departures from the truth, from the teachings, from the doctrines of Christ. You know, Revelation in the second chapter, verse 4, uh, uh, writing to ephesus the church at ephesus he says you know you've left your first love what you need to do is fall in love again one of the things you need to fall in love with is love you need to fall in love with the love of christ that christ has for the lost the second doctrine is just that Uh, you know um, uh, um the second doctrine that is attacked in the church as the apostle paul is writing to timothy is is that doctrine And the importance of salvation. Salvation, Salvation—it's—it's so important. Uh, You know, Jesus told Nicodemus, "You must be born again. It's not an option." And we cannot forget that as a church. Okay, Uh, are—are we? uh, You know, um, are we saying that without Jesus you go to hell? Yes, but we're hoping that you don't choose that. Come on, come with us, please. We love you. But yes, Jesus is the only way. And yes, you must be born again. And no, you can't get there through good works. And no, God doesn't let everybody into heaven. He will not let sin and sinners into the new world that he is creating or else it will end up just like this world. He can't. He won't. He's committed to it. This is the purpose of the church is to share the love of Christ and preach the message of salvation through Christ. The church can stop doing a lot of things, but it cannot stop reaching the lost. We can stop doing a lot of things, but we cannot forget what Jesus came to earth to do. If the church ceases to be evangelistic, it will soon become cannibalistic. Clicks and schisms will arise, and factions will solidify into divisions, and saints will forget the commandment of God. You know, we can only keep the commandments if we love God more than we do ourselves and love our neighbors as much as we do ourselves. And we cannot move off that. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. Still in chapter 1, move down a little farther there. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. Not one of us has a claim to righteousness except through Christ Jesus. And we would do well to remember that so that we aren't moved off of the truth and become religious and imagine that someone else does not deserve the same forgiveness and grace and mercy that we received. Without respect to what law they broke, they broke the law of God. Like I broke the law of God. Jesus said there are not a bunch of laws, there's one law. And if you break one, you've broken them all. Because there's one law. It's written on a a table. If you break it, it's it's broken. That is why he wants us to preserve the doctrine of, of, of love that motivates us to win the lost the same way that someone offered us salvation at some point in our lives. Satan wants to divide the church from the world now listen to me don't don't misunderstand me here but satan wants to divide the church from the world and also he wants to divide the church from one another uh, now we are not of this world but we are in this world and and uh, but that does not mean that that you know because we're in this world that we should become worldly it's 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 very simple We are called by God in 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. You've read it, I've read it. Verse 17, you know, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay? We are not supposed to be worldly. But there is a difference between being separate and being divided. There is a difference in me not going out to the bars and getting drunk anymore. I've come out from among that, I, and, and, and I've separated myself from those worldly sins, but I have not divided myself so that there is no love, there's no reach, there's no care, there's no understanding, there's no because I was once there, as the Apostle Paul said. In fact, he said, this is the very reason Jesus came into the world, was to save sinners just like me and just like you, and I was probably the worst sinner that, that there ever was, he said that was 2,000 years before I was born or before you were born <laughs> you might hold that title today we don't have to act like the world we don't have to act like we're lost to reach the lost but we do need to love the lost and we don't necessarily need to be judgmental and critical and condemning we need to make sure that we are not living in sin we need to be the example But we don't need to be their judge. We need to love, and then present salvation as a constant invitation, with joy and hope and prayer. That's what the Apostle Paul was hoping to preserve. We 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 were told, as as I said, that Timothy was uh, perhaps the first bishop, ordained bishop of of Ephesus, and he had a great task laid upon his shoulders and that was to preserve the doctrine and to keep people from teaching something that was that was you know you can get saved you're okay you don't need to change that's not what we need to preach we don't need to preach you know uh, listen you know you don't have to be more like me to please god but you're probably gonna have to be a whole lot different than you are okay you don't have to be more like me but you probably have to be a little bit less like you hello (laughs) hello And we need to preach that that because we have been born again, we don't need to be living like we're in the world, thinking like we're in the world. But neither do we need to be so critical of other people who are still in the world. doesn't mean we need to participate, and it doesn't mean we need to agree, support, or in, 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 in some way enable. But it does mean that we need to love and care and continue to offer the same salvation that we received people were mighty nice and kind to me when i you know oh time fails me to tell you how many opportunities god gave me to change my life and how many opportunities he still gives me all of us well i believe that this word still has authority in our lives today and so uh you know the best way we can protect the doctrines of christ in the church is to protect him in our own lives because we can view something from the big picture but we cannot change it in the big picture. It can only be changed in the small picture. Nothing can be changed in the big picture. We can view racism in the big picture. We can't change it in the big picture. We can only change it on a one person at a time in our lives and in the people we influence one at a time. It's the same thing with loving, judging, you know, uh, uh, being worldly you know if you would like i can supply you a list of things just really quickly here's a list of things you can you can you can consider okay it's out of 1st timothy 4 here's a list of things that you can do paul wrote this to timothy at toward the end of this first letter as he's telling him i left you there to preserve the doctrine to protect the doctrine to make sure that some people don't teach it and don't go this way and don't go that way we need to stand on love we need to stand on faith we need to stand on mercy we need to stand and we made, need, we, we need to make sure that we know the reason that jesus came was to save sinners he loves sinners He loves them, and we need to make sure that we're offering them the grace of God. And here's what he told Timothy. He says in verse 11 of chapter 4 in 1 Timothy, These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. People will see you changing. People will, it, it, it'll be evident, okay? Take heed to yourself, verse 16. If I could leave you with one word tonight, I would say take heed to yourself. That means pay attention. Take some inventory. Check yourself. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear. Just pay attention to yourself and to the doctrine that the Apostle Paul gave us. You'll not only deliver yourself, but you will also bring others into the kingdom of God. They'll see your progress and they'll follow you to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for another exciting message from Pastor Ron Hammons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world today and every day. God bless.